0: The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Rogers News. We've had conversations with a lot of major banks and other financial players over the last year. Um, and one really, really consistent theme has been all of them saying, look, you know, six months ago we had a mandate basically never to touch crypto. Um, And now we have a mandate that We have to figure out how to do something in crypto over the next few months.
1: Sam bankman fried there, talking in Hong Kong last year about the pressure banks were under to get involved in the crypto craze. His company, FTX's demise and its implications are the focus of this week's Views Room. Welcome back to the Views Room, the podcast from Reuters Breaking Views, where columnists from around the world talk about the big stories of the week. I'm your host, Amy Donilon, coming to you from London. The crypto market is in crisis. Less than two weeks ago, FTX, a digital exchange founded by trouser-phobic Sam Bankman-Fried, collapsed. It's exposed the market to a wave of scrutiny and raised questions about regulation. And I'm very lucky to be joined by Liam Proud, our financial services guru, who has been covering it, as well as Peter Tal Larson, our global editor of Breaking Views, who's also been writing about it. You're very welcome, Peter, and you're very welcome, Liam.
2: Great to be here. Thanks
1: for having see Well, I'll start with you, Liam. Tell us—we have to unpack this whole situation. If you haven't been on Twitter, and you haven't been reading our great coverage from our Reuters colleagues, you may not know why on earth crypto is now very much in focus. So, what has been going on?
2: So, what's been going on is—I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of context here, but just to get people up to speed really quickly. Crypto have had quite a rough 2022, as interest rates have been going up, as central banks have been making money tighter. It's sort of let a lot of the air out of these kind of speculative bubbles and crypto, a big part of what was going on in crypto was a kind of speculative frenzy. I don't think anyone would argue with that. There have been various milestones along that kind of um, shrinkage that we've seen in overall volume of crypto activity this year. Um, but the latest, and I would argue the biggest milestone, is that FTX, which is an exchange, we can get on to what it actually did, because that's an interesting question, which is broadly defined an exchange run by this guy called Sam bankman fried who he rightly described as trouser-phobic. Um, well, it turns out he was phobic about a lot of other things too, um, including prudent financial management. Um, so, essentially, the exchange, had a liquidity shortage. People started pulling money from the exchange. Uh, The trigger for this was a rival exchange. The chief executive called CZ of an exchange called Binance said that he was going to sell an asset that was basically serving as collateral for some things that FTX had on its balance sheet. Mm -hmm. Um, The specifics aren't as important as the fact that basically customers started pulling their money. They freaked out um, and, and that was it. He had to file for bankruptcy. Um, and he's no longer in charge.
1: And this was sort of played out slightly on Twitter, wasn't it? Wasn't this all kind of just sort of started to unravel before people's eyes, which is quite unusual?
2: It was. It's been an extraordinary corporate drama that has, in large part, yeah, been an exchange of tweets between two CEOs. So I mentioned CZ of Binance, that's not his full name, but that's how everyone knows him, and Sam bangman fried known as SBF. Um, The first shot across the bow, came from CZ. This was the week before FTX went bankrupt. He said that he was selling this digital token, which we now know was collateral for a lot of the loans that FTX had made. This effectively started a run on FTX's deposit base on its liability side. Um, a few days later, we had a tweet from Sam Batman-Fried, SBF, the FTX CEO. Got to keep up with all the acrony- Got to do, yeah. Saying... We've struck a deal with Binance. They're going to rescue us. Essentially, it's going to be a, a bailout of the crypto industry by the crypto industry. Guess what? A few days later, actually, no, that deal's off. CZ sends a tweet. And then a few days later, we find that Sam Bankman fried has been kicked out. And the FTX Twitter account says we're filing for get bankruptcy. And then since then, we've had a series of court filings by the people who are running the, the bankruptcy process. Um, and we found out a lot of kind of, Um, quite scary details of what was going on at FTX.
1: Amazing. So Peter, I'll pivot over to you. I mean, this is, I mean, FTX is not the crypto market, right? But this does seem to have sort of destabilised people's view on this entire market. Why is that?
0: Um, Well, I mean, partly it's because of what we have learned sort of since uh, FTX collapsed collapsed into bankruptcy through reporting by Reuters and others is that this company which was very prominent, had high profile but was not very transparent, really didn't have any kind of proper uh, internal controls at all and and you know most damningly probably the allegation that they they, they took 10 billion dollars of customer f- funds they were holding for customers and uh, and moved it across into an affiliated business, which is this hedge fund, Alameda Research, in order to cover or uh, basically to repay loans that, that Alameda couldn't repay from its assets, and so um, and this is what the bankruptcy uh, 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 lawyers and the new CEO FTX are all trying to work out now is kind of where the money was and where it's gone. And what they've learned is that it's incredibly hard to actually even establish what the assets were, where they were, who owed what to whom, because. Um, uh, this this company was being run so poorly that the new CEO is the man who ever saw the bankruptcy of Enron, the energy company. And he even he says this is the worst case of sort of financial mismanagement he's ever seen.
1: Wow. OK, well, yeah, absolutely. I can understand why people are are definitely feeling shaky. So, Liam, I mean, crypto was obviously something it seemed like so many investors were under pressure to be seen to be involved in right the market was ballooning as you said before 2022 so who is exposed to the situation that our listeners might have heard of as in who are the who are the big names that are exposed to this and i guess what does this mean now for 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 other people now investing in in crypto
2: so it's actually a very interesting question who is exposed so what we're talking about here is People who had deposited money into the FTX platform through their digital wallets, maybe they were just keeping some spare cash there. Maybe they were—they had um, some cash tied up in collateral for a derivatives trade. Maybe they were kind of using it like a bank account or any mixture of these things. There, unless they got out before the bankruptcy filing or before they suspended withdrawals, unless they got out, their money is frozen there at the moment. And what the bankruptcy process is trying to work out is exactly how much money there is on the asset side in order to repay those people. Okay. Um, now we don't know exactly who they are because the bankruptcy um, process, the 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 CEO, a guy called John J. Ray the third, who Peter just mentioned, used to um, oversaw some of the Enron stuff um, in bankruptcy. He's he's been trying to keep it secret um, because. Their ultimate earning is maybe, you know, if we can get some value out of FTX by selling it, um, you know, that would be good. We could reward these people with their money uh, or at least some of it. Um, And he thinks that if we expose all the lists of customer names and stuff, that's actually reducing the value of FTX in a potential sale. Um, So we don't know the exact names, but we know broad characteristics. So there will be a lot of crypto hedge funds in there. Um, There's a a crypto company called Galaxy Digital, which is... um, uh, founded by Mike Novogratz, which has been in a few scrapes this year. And that's big. They said they had tens of millions of exposure. Um, there will be a lot of hedge funds who can't pull their cash out right now. And I think that's partly why you're seeing these kind of um, these price falls that we're seeing in crypto. Bitcoin has come down by a lot. Um, and then there's broader kind of knock on consequences throughout the crypto world. So um, very recently uh, on Monday, The 21st of November, uh, Genesis, which is a crypto lender, said it it will not be filing for bankruptcy soon. But, you know, that's not a sentence you ever really want to say. Um, So that's a long way of saying a lot of crypto institutions, hedge funds and lenders that were doing this thing. And then there's a whole other class, which is just everyday normal people who had their money in FTX, um, you know, retail traders, either in the United States or elsewhere. Um, And, you know, tragically, in some of those cases, it will hopefully not very many. But in some of those cases, it will be a a big chunk of their money. Some people were really getting quite overextended on this stuff. We've learned from previous um, bankruptcies. Um, And just to cap all this off, you'll notice what I haven't said is the name of a big bank or a mainstream institutional Mm. lender. That's quite interesting. Um, And this is something that Peter has written about a bit, actually. But there was this very deliberate attempt in some ways to kind of build a firewall Around crypto, um, and to stop, you know, your Goldman Sachs, your J.P. Morgans, your Deutsche banks from having undue exposure to these asset classes. Um, And I think there's a lot of people uh, who should thank themselves quite lucky that that was done right now. Um, Because, you know, if if we had some major systemic institutions who had large amounts of money here, it would probably be a lot hairier than it is right now.
1: Absolutely. And Peter, you you did write a piece, a very interesting piece about how actually this sort of could have done the market a favor. I was wondering. Tell us about that that idea. Like uh, as Liam's talking about, there was a bit of a firewall. You know, if your your pension is unlikely to have been exposed to this, if you were worried about that, but what are the sort of implications then for for regu- for regulation? If you're a big financial regulator, what are you thinking about the situation? Well, I think I mean a
0: couple. Of, I mean, as Liam said, that there there, there, there there was a firewall, um, and as far as we know, it seems to have held up pretty well. Although we don't know everything yet um and then maybe other maybe other sort of um dominoes to fall in all of this um but but it, the 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 firewall was under attack and it was under attack largely from uh, ftx and from sam bankman-fried who had who had kind of set himself up as being the the legitimate face of crypto and so he was um you know he was he was the one who was lobbying regulators to try and you know to authorize his firm, and to and to sort of legitimise it, um, uh, he was lobbying them to to set up particular rules that would allow crypto firms to operate sort of in the same framework as as other financial institutions. He was spending lots of money lobbying politicians in the US. Um, he gave forty million dollars. Uh, it's mostly Democrat candidates just in the most recent sort of midterm election cycle. So he was he would buy a lot of it. He was advertising in places. And so he was he was really trying to push crypto into the financial mainstream and he was getting some traction. And so I guess the you know, one way to think about this is that if if uh, he had been allowed to or he'd been able to continue for another few years, he probably would have made some more progress. And then this failure would have been more damaging to the rest of the financial system. So that's that's kind of the logic for saying actually he's done them a favor by blowing himself up now. Um, but it also sort of it ties into the, an interesting question about about how this this crypto business has evolved, because crypto started with this idea Bitcoin, particularly this idea that, you know, you, you needed a form of money where it, that was not centralized, where where they sort of the authorization Uh, It existed in a decentralized form and didn't rely on a central body or an authority or a government to say this is money or this isn't. And so the sort of irony of the way crypto has evolved is that in that context, you've then had these very centralized bodies, these very centralized organizations, these exchanges, which have popped up to sort of make it easier for people to move money from one thing to another and to borrow and and to do other things. And so we call FTX an exchange. But actually, you could really say, well, It was performing the functions of an exchange, uh, a trading operation, a clearinghouse, a custodian, uh, a broker dealer, a venture capitalist, a bank, you know, it was doing lots of other things. And so um, and therefore, it's very systemic to this crypto ecosystem. And so, um, you know, I guess from a regulatory point of view now, the, the, the regulators who have been looking at this and wondering what to do about it will be emboldened. And we've already seen a little bit of that to say. But this is, this is fine, we can, we can think about how to regulate parts of crypto, but we will absolutely insist that it be regulated in the same way as we regulate the rest of the financial industry, which means if you're a custodian, you have to be separate from the exchange, the clearinghouse has to be separated, it has to be ring-fenced, it has to have its own capital, all those kind of like, all that financial infrastructure that we have built up in the mainstream system over decades um, will now, I think, they will now try very hard to make sure that they don't make any exceptions for crypto.
1: I think that's so interesting. And I think, I, I, I suppose, I'm wondering, listening to all of that, is there a future for crypto if, as you were saying, the people who were involved in this market, like Sam, Mike, Manfred, their their purpose was to try and get it into the mainstream. So if you now have this sort of block that's there, and is obviously there, is there a future for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in the way that people had previously thought even a few weeks ago? And I suppose, Liam, I'll, I'll direct that to you. And Le- Peter, I'd love to hear your thoughts, too.
2: I think so. I think one thing that's really important to bear in mind here is that this before the FTX blow up, this was a shrinking industry. If you look at the, the volumes, the amount of money that people were trading back and forth on um, crypto exchanges, which is. Yeah, because of the way this industry works, you can see it over these blockchain ledgers and there's all kinds of people who track this. It was really falling fast. Um, the amount of people that got involved in 2021 seemed to have lost money in early 2022 and just stopped doing it. We're talking about everyday people at home. Um, that was already happening. So this 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 wasn't exactly a thriving industry that was going from strength to strength. So I think that's important context. This is an industry that was already going through a really rough patch, which has now been hit by the blow up of one of its major institutions. Um, on the technological side, you know, it's it, I think it's really hard to, to ever look at technology and say, you know, I rule out every possible usefulness of this, and I certainly wouldn't want to do that. Um, you know, there are some people in mainstream finance who, who are very excited about blockchain, and there are some people in the music industry who are very excited about non-fungible tokens and all, all kinds of other things. Um, but, but, but I, one thing I'm quite clear about I'm sure about is that if you were at Fidelity, if you were at one of these major money managers and you had been getting calls from the CEO saying, what are we doing on crypto? You know, everyone's into crypto. Um, I don't think you're getting those calls anymore. And I think whatever plans you were hatching to get more exposure to this thing, I think that goes backwards. And I think every day people who aren't kind of ideological diehards but who were trading this thing because the number kept going up. I think some of them take a step back as well. Um, so yeah, sort of two ties to the answer for mm,
1: me. Very interesting. And Peter, what do you think? Do you think it becomes a much more niche even if it was niche before does it become even more niche now?
0: Well I think I mean it's always very hard to 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 predict this and um as Liam says um I mean I think two things happen. One is I think and you're already seeing this uh, people go back to the sort of the founding ideas of cryptocurrencies and say, actually, you you know, this doesn't work if you're putting if you're entrusting your money to, you know, some guy in shorts in the Bahamas, um, you know, then actually uh, that's no better than putting your money in a bank or in a uh, or with a brokerage, a mainstream brokerage. In fact, it's worse because the banks and the brokerages are sort of properly run and, and regulated and so forth um so you could you can sort of imagine a return to to crypto which is basically people keeping you know uh, keeping their own kind of cold wallets and having their own kind of security keys and um it it being very decentralized but the problem with that as we've seen so far is that it doesn't really work in a sort of practical everyday on an everyday basis the other idea then is is that the underlying technology um is still Valid and is still better in some ways than than sort of what the technology we use for moving money around um, and that harnessed properly and and kind of structured properly um it could it could be beneficial. I mean I think that's i guess is the big question that we will see is if if the regulators now say, okay, we will allow aspects of cryptocurrencies into the financial system but in very controlled way and in and, and basically allowing no room for arbitrage with the current financial system. When um, you can imagine sort of seeing in five, 10 years time, is there actually a use case for crypto? Are there other examples where, where, the, where a sort of crypto, a sort of token based coins and and um, transactions are more efficient or, or, or more interesting for people? And I, I definitely wouldn't want to rule that out, but I think I think what this, uh, this blow up does is at least kind of uh mean that that process is going to is going to take a bit longer to play out
1: very interesting well i'm sure we will be writing more about this and i'll be seeing lots more from both of you um so yes everyone can can read it about that on breaking views thanks liam thanks peter cheers thanks amy thanks for tuning in this podcast was produced by oliver tashlich in london Subscribe to The Views Room and our sister podcast, The Exchange, on a cast, megaphone, or wherever you like to listen. Check out our latest views on these stories and many others at BreakingViews.com and on Twitter, where our handle is at BreakingViews.